Support is from TBN. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at Route60.movie. That's Route60.movie. I'm a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey friends, welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with Vintage Homeschool Moms. How about a couple of podcasts on fun summer projects? Well, this one's a little bit different and it has a twist. How about a family business and some encouragement if you're an entrepreneur? This is episode 432 and you can find today's show notes at Vintage Homeschool Moms Fun Summer Projects. Well, everyone has these ideas of what they want to do, but what about starting a family business? Summer seems to be a good time to have fun, but also think about something that you can do that will also include the entire family. So here are some ideas that I'm going to be giving you on a plan to get you started. But first, check out MediaAngels.com for some great books, memberships I have, and classes, and I'm creating more as we speak. So pray for me as I get through my summer to-do list. Years ago, I gave a talk at a state homeschool convention and also at a smaller convention on family businesses. And there was so much interest in this in working from home. Well, now we fast forward and we find that many businesses are cropping up online and are based at home. I grew up with a family that was self-employed. My parents owned a bakery, then we moved, and then they decided to start a boutique custom clothing business that they ran from our remodeled basement. And believe you me, my friends were impressed that I had a pedestal that was surrounded by mirrors and we could see ourselves on all sides. Well, then there was another move and we ended up with another business. This time it was a fried chicken restaurant that my parents turned into an Italian-American restaurant, which they ran successfully for many years. It is no surprise to my husband when we got married that I wanted to have our own business. 
And so we both left our teaching careers behind. And between my husband and I, we currently have three businesses, separate entities that we run from our home to our S-Corps, and one is an LLC. We've been conservative in our investments and in our businesses and our businesses' decisions, and we've never had a business not succeed. So I feel a little bit qualified to give you some advice about beginning a home business. This could be many, many lectures long, and if there's enough interest, I may do more or even have um, another group where we talk about home businesses and kind of work through your ideas. And I always start with questions because that is a great place to start. It's the teacher in me that always starts with the questions because asking questions kind of fine-tunes what you're thinking and how you want to go about it. And I just want to share, which is not in my show notes at all, but a personal note as I was talking about being conservative in our investments in our business. If it had been up to me, we would have gone big or gone home. And I tease my husband and say, he is the string on my kite. And he not to say that he doesn't allow me to fly around and do things, but that he is more of a realist and he sees a lot of the pitfalls that I don't see. And so a lot of what I have to share today comes from that. But one of the things that we did wisely Um, which was not something I wanted to do was um, my husband has a construction business and we never did have a model home. And a lot of our friends that were in construction did. Well, when the market went belly up, many of those who had model homes went out of business because it's a huge investment and there are so many different ways you can do it. And I don't have time to go into all that. But because we kept our business smaller in that realm, and we actually diversified into a specific area of construction, I believe that is what saved us. Did we have bumps? Yes. Did we lose money? Um, Yes. And I will say that it was very difficult for many years because the market had just gone to pot, and that was in 2008. And my husband kind of sees it coming again, and we're in 2021 right now. So again, we're being conservative, even though there's a lot of work right now. But what he saw in so many different areas, I did not see. When what happened in 2008 happened, my husband saw it coming in the year 2000. So we have to balance each other out, and that is so important. Okay, keys to beginning a home business. Number one, keep it simple. Is it doable if you're just starting to work out of your garage or some other work area? Some people have the capital and drive to start large, but if this is something you can begin slowly, it's a great way to test out an idea. All ideas need testing unless you're purchasing an established business. Someday I may sell one or both of my podcast networks that I own, But we have an infrastructure. I started out small with a handful of podcasters. Okay, well, it wasn't small. I had a lot of podcasters when I started. But when I started my own podcast, I was one person. And I did that for four years. And then when I saw some of the things I didn't like, I could create my own network and ask people that I knew to get started with me. And they did. It took us a while to get started. We didn't just jump in. And now I have um, a team of people that do what I did all myself back in the day. I did all of my own website stuff. I did my own marketing. I did my own graphics. 
Um, I did my own um, teaching, new podcasters, what to do. I put together the podcasting uh, you know, workbook that we use as podcasters. And there are so many things that I did on my own. And now we have the infrastructure that can allow us to expand. So consider this an important bit of information to start with, and that is start small. The second is a learning curve. Is this something that is in your skill set? Again, using the podcast business, I was already a podcaster for four years. Um, Actually, I'm going to take that back. I had a specific podcast for four years, but I had done about 10 years worth of um, speaking and speaking online. So I knew what worked and what didn't, and I also knew how to teach. My major is education. And I had homeschooled at that point for 20-some years when I started my network. So I knew how to teach, and I knew what worked. And that was all within my skill set. So if your idea is not in your skill set, that's okay. You can hire a consultant or learn online. When my husband started his construction business, he started with one other guy who really knew a lot about construction. He didn't know everything he needed to know, but we had the capital to start, to buy the tools, to buy the truck, and to get insurance and all of the other things that we needed to set up our business right. Remember, there's a ton of conflicting information on the internet. Every time I read an article about podcasting or writing a book, I can find at least half of it that does not work. And sometimes I wonder, do these people just go online and look for articles just so that they can write articles based on those? Because a lot of the information is misinformation. Number three, is there a demand? Do we really need another boutique soap shop or an American flag made out of wood? What is the market for this item, product, or service that you're considering? I tell my podcasters to pitch me. What makes their show different? Is there a demand for what they are selling or teaching? We don't need another variety show. Can you stray from your topic? Of course. But you really need an umbrella and overall goals or themes. For example, I have one podcaster that is a high school podcaster. She focuses on homeschool high school. I have another podcaster who talks about um, testing, and so she's the expert when it comes to any kind of college prep testing, and she has a great program. So does she talk about other things, like here are the things you need to get ready for college? Sure, but she focuses on the testing aspect of it. Number four, what makes your product stand out? How is it special? So I'm going to switch gears and talk about some of my books. So as an author and an author consultant, I work with people who want to be published. I always ask, what makes your book different? Again, you can write a book on a common topic, but it has to be different. So I attended um, a lecture one time when they talked about this in particular, and I decided to write a book on writing and publishing, but I did it in a nutshell. So what is it? It's a short little book that's about 100 pages long, and it's called Information in a Nutshell, Writing and Publishing. I have another book. This one I did not write, but I asked someone to write it, and that's called Information in a Nutshell, Business Tips and Taxes for Writers and Bloggers. So our books are a little bit more than 100 pages instead of the 500 pages or so that I read on topics like this. 
And it's so disheartening. The first book I ever read on writing and publishing, because I wanted to self-publish, talked about distribution woes. And I'm thinking, wait, that just totally discouraged me. You know, it was kind of in the preface of the book. So I wanted to write something that someone who's thinking about writing a book could pick up or someone who already had a book idea could pick up and work through some of the things I recommended. Number five, what is the startup cost? How much money will it take to do what you want to do? Is it within your budget? If you need to borrow money, please reconsider that this is not something that you should be doing. I've borrowed money on a business before, and it was not a good thing. I was able to use what I purchased in another way, but I spent a lot more money than I should have spent. And so if you're, even if you're borrowing it from yourself, which I did, I borrowed $1,000 when I started Media Angels um, back in 1994. It wasn't incorporated until 2005. And I ran it as a sole proprietorship. Again, not a good idea, which is why we have the business tips and taxes book now because I wasted a lot of money that could have been put back in the business um, instead of spending it. But the good news is I was able to pay myself back or our savings account back that $1,000 within six months of starting. And that was very good news. In that first year, we turned a very good profit. So again, look at what it is that you're going to need to get started. And one of the other things I want to say is, you know, even if you're enthusiastic and when I talk to new authors and I say, you know, what is your target market? And they say everyone, that means they don't have a target market and they haven't done their research. So make sure that you research or look at what the costs are going to be. You know, because every book is not for everyone. Every business is not for everyone. And so while you may think you have the next best thing, and you probably do, think about it before you borrow any money. Number six, do you know how to write a marketing plan? I sure didn't, but I had a good intuition being brought up in the business world with my parents and being self-employed. But a marketing plan at the beginning would have really, really really helped. Now I'm blessed that I can hire people to help me with marketing, but in that way, and again, look at what your shortcomings are and what you don't like to do. And you can partner with somebody or you can hire that out. Otherwise, learn how to do it. Number seven, how much time are you willing to invest? Is this going to be something you're dedicated to? And the next question is, what is your work ethic? Someone I know wants me to invest in their business and the answer is a hard no because I know this person's work ethic. If you're not fully committed to every spare second, and I get it, you know, we can't be fully committed. We have a family and there's other things that we have and other commitments. But if you're thinking about taking a bunch of vacations or time off while you're starting a business, I'd say think again. But that's me. Did I share that I give 110%? to everything I do. Probably already uh, figured that out. Number eight, how committed are you to doing it right? When my husband started a home inspection business, he was already a licensed general contractor. So he had a skill set, but he wanted to do it the right way. So he asked me to look for, and I found a week-long class that he had to attend in person 
And he ended up doing that and taking a test so he could really see what aspects of home inspection were not in his wheelhouse. And so he did that and was later very, very, very happy that he did it because at that point in time, you did not need to be licensed to be a home inspector. But way later on, uh, they started requiring home inspectors to be licensed. And guess what? He had all these years of experience. He was easily able to take a test and pass, although that wasn't required. So he also wanted to carry errors and omissions and liability insurance from way back when. Again, he was doing it right. Do we know people who do uh, carpentry work and are not licensed and they work for homeowners? Yes. So what happens when they fall off the ladder? They sue the homeowner. So these are things that you need to learn about, understand, and, you know, have at least personal liability insurance. Number nine, is this something you can do on the side until it can be a standalone job? If not, again, this may not be the job for you. My husband still runs a construction business, and he runs it with our son. And if he does home inspections, he does it afterwards, for example, after 1 o'clock or 2 or sometimes on Saturdays. And sometimes if they're slower with the construction, he'll go and do a home inspection earlier. At some point, he'll retire into home inspections because he's not the type of person that really just wants to retire and sit around the house. And this is another perk about a business. You can look at businesses and target it for when you want to retire into something or you can turn a hobby into a business. And number 10, how much do you really, really love the idea? Believe me, if you don't love it now, you're not going to love it after you put a ton of time into the project and it's a lot of work. So I talked about family business and, and having a business that involves the family. Well, our kids have helped with just about every aspect of our business. And that is everything from book sales, uh, getting books out of the closet to pack and ship. They've helped with everything within their ability. One of my children, Christina, now an adult, was the co-author of the three book series we wrote together, the Truth Seekers Mystery Series. She learned firsthand that there's no free lunch. It takes work and perseverance, a lot of editing. It takes manning a booth at homeschool conferences. It takes writing speeches when you're giving uh, presentations at conferences, coming up with business cards or slogans or catchy ideas or, you know, finding someone who created our angel wings for our Media Angels logo is someone who she ended up knowing from college. If you want something that keeps the family together and teaches a good work ethic, this is it. It is really, really important, friends, that we do things with our family and teach them because we are the best example our kids are going to have. They're going to see all of our faults. They're going to see when we mess up. And they're going to see when we're working hard and trying to make a living for our family and including our kids. Well, what do you think? Do you have the next best idea? Well, then I hope you look through these suggestions, add some of your own, and let me know if I left anything out that I should have added in the comment section below this podcast. Again, you can find the notes for today's podcast at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com, episode 432, Family Business and Entrepreneur Under Fun Summer Projects. 
Take care. God bless. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.